Take your Bibles with me, if you will, and let's go over to John 20, John 20 today. John 20. Thank you for coming. What a beautiful, beautiful bunch of people. Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. We got to do that again. I'm going to give you another try. Maybe it's been a little bit for you since you've been in church or maybe you've been just visiting today. That's an amen or praise the Lord or yes, I, I agree with you, preacher. Okay, so I'm just, we're going to practice here. So, because this thing goes so much quicker and smoother. Uh, do you hear that word quicker? And smoother if you, if you, if, if I preach to you and you preach back at me. Amen? All right, all right. Now I got you on board. What a beautiful, beautiful group of people. All right. All right. You just, you just took five minutes off. I won't go more than three hours now. Hey, I got you here. I'm going to keep you here. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right, let's look here at John. As you turn over there, we've been talking about living the resurrected life. Now, what we need to understand is that is the life that the Lord intends for us to live, the resurrected life. And if that doesn't make sense to you, I hope and pray that it will before you leave this house today. I want you to know we do not serve a, 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 a stingy God. We serve a God who loves us and who's concerned about us. He exists as the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We see that he freely we have received, we freely we are to give. The Spirit bears witness to the things that have freely been given to us. Last time I was with you, we talked about sozo, which means the, the Lord has saved us. It's not just a matter of bringing us out of a dangerous situation, which if I'm living outside the covenant with Christ, then I'm living in a dangerous situation that he brings us into a safe place in him and that he heals us of our hurts and our, 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 our bodies. He heals us and delivers us completely. Now, today I want to talk about walking in him, walking in the Lord. See, he didn't just bring us out to leave us out. He brought us out for a purpose. Father, I come before you today, and Lord, it is my earnest desire but you would speak to us, Lord God, so profoundly that, Lord, we will understand emphatically your will and your desire for our life. That, Father, those that are bound may be free. Those that are hurting may be healed. Those that are blind may see. Those that are not able to walk, God, begin to move in the things that you have called them to. Father, we ask for the anointing of your spirit. And everybody said amen. 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 All right, you just added two minutes. Everybody said amen? Yeah. <laughs> Let's look here in John 20. Just teasing, just teasing. John 20 and verse 19. It says, on the evening of that first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were then glad when they saw the Lord. Now jump down to verse 24 of John 20. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them. When Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, 
we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and put my finger in the nail prints and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, after eight days, his disciples were again inside with the doors shut. And Thomas said to them, Jesus came and stood, and Thomas was with them, and Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hands here. Place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. As we look at this passage, I'm going to talk to you this morning about walls, wounds, and walking in him. I want you to notice there <clears throat> that this is where we started was the third appearance that Christ came and showed himself. The first person that saw him was Mary as she ran to the tomb. And she, the Lord revealed himself to her. And then on the road of Emmaus, there were two disciples that were walking there and Jesus steps in beside them. And he begins to walk with them and they didn't recognize him. And I believe that as they were walking with him, could have been that their hearts were so grieved at what had taken place. But I think even more than that, the Lord had not revealed himself to them. Bible says he would have continued on, but they divided him into the house. When they invited him into the house, he broke bread and they recognized it was him. Now this is the third occurrence on the same day of his resurrection. The disciples are inside the room. They are held up because the Bible says for the fear of the Jews. Their Lord and Savior in whom they walked with for, for three years has been brutally crucified. They saw him die upon the cross. They saw his body laid in that tomb. Now it's three days later. They don't know if they're next. They're probably questioning everything that they ever thought to be true about Jesus. They are held up in fear. The Bible says the door was locked. Jesus didn't bother knocking at the door. He just stepped into the room. As he stepped into the room, he just stepped beyond the wall into the room, and he said, peace be with you. Some say that that's the equivalent of saying, hello, everyone. Come on now, get the, get the thought. They're there. They're like, oh, Peter, are we gonna, they're going to get us next. I know it. If we step outside of this, oh, John, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't understand everything that's going on and, 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 and why that the kingdom wasn't established. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Thomas was not there. Maybe he knew better. Gather around that fear hoarders there. You know what I'm saying? Who knows why Thomas wasn't there? Jesus stepped in the room and just said, hello, everyone. Now, I want you to take a look here at the scars in my hand. Because, see, he was proving that he was the Christ. See, 
where the nails went in, it's been healed. See where see my feet where the where the nails were driven in. You see my side. Take a look. Eight days later, it's the fourth appearance of Jesus. The disciples again are gathered in a room. The door is closed. Jesus didn't bother with the door because he is the door. He's not limited to the walls. He just went through the walls. Stepped into the room once again. And he said, peace be with you. Or hello, everyone. I'm back again. Now, Thomas, come here. Whoo. Thomas called him out. Thomas, I need, I heard what you said. I heard, but I wasn't present at the moment, but I was present in the moment. You didn't see me with the others, and I, I don't need you to be faithless. I need you to believe what's taking place. Come here, Thomas. Come here, Thomas. Thomas came to him, and he said, Now, I want you to take your finger and put it there on the scar, on the imprint of where the nail went in. Go ahead and... Go ahead, Thomas, and put your fingers on the imprint where the, the nails were driven through my feet. And oh, by the way, I heard what you said as well. Unless I put my hand in the side because Thomas had seen the sword going inside. He witnessed the blood and the water that came out because the sword had pierced his heart. He said, Thomas, come here. Let me lift my shirt. I need you to go ahead and take a look here. Now, as we look at this, I want you to first off see that God wasn't limited by the, the Lord Jesus was not limited by the walls. As I look at that and I think, that would be a little bit freaky if somebody walked through the wall. Come on. I might be like Thomas. Yeah, first off, I seen him die. And you said he came through the wall, didn't come through the door. Come on now. I don't know about all this business. Sound like you boys been out in the sun too long. You got a little brain scorch. Something's going on. Now, as we see that, see, what we see is that as the word of the Lord tells us in this 1 John 2, 6, mark this down. If you guys got a moment, I'll give you a moment to pull that up. 1 John 2, 6. 1 John 2, 6. We, we've talked about what Christ has done for us. We've talked about the miracle-working power of his healing virtue. We, we have talked about how that he has made us, he became what he was not so we could become what we were not. But now in 1 John 2 and 6, he says, He who says he abides in him, he who says he abides in him. Are you a born-again child of God? Do you abide in him? Come on, I'm asking now. You're, you're, you're adding time. Are, are you hearing me? Are you child of God? Do you abide in him? You agree with that. So if you agree with that, you've got to agree with the rest of it. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now this is where it gets fun. Jesus walked through walls.
was looking at that and I said, Lord, I don't know that I've got faith enough to walk through that wall. Maybe I can chip gains it one day and just run through the sheetrock. Come on, you fixer-upper fans. You know what I'm talking about. You've been to the silos. You watched Demo Day. You know what I'm talking about. We're either, we're either watching remodeling or we're remodeling something. I don't know why I have fallen into this rabbit hole. But anyway, that's the way it goes around my house. So, but Jesus, in his glorified state, was not hindered by walls. He just walked through them. He just went through them. If I abide in him, I ought to walk as he walked. Now, I'm, I'm going to go through the door. I'm going to use key. I'm going to do that in the physical realm. But I believe the walls that the Lord is speaking about, and I want to speak to you about right now, is the walls that keep us out of the room of acceptance, keeps us out of the room of hope, Keeps us out of the room of joy. Keeps us out of the room of relationship. Ray, I can't physically walk through a wall. But if I'm in him, I'm already in the room. Come on. Think about it just a minute. It's just like when the Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and it'll be cast into the sea. You think the Lord wanted us to rearrange the Rockies? I think I would like a mountain, Tim, in my backyard. <laughs> Rockies, get over here. Tim says, no, that's blocking my view. I want, the, I want the ocean front. Get rid of the mountain, and you run the ocean there. We'd have this thing so messed up, it wouldn't be funny. I believe the Lord was speaking to us on a spiritual level. Mountains represent kingdoms. And he's saying to you, you can keep to speak to the kingdom of darkness to be removed, cast into the sea of forgetfulness, get rid of it. And if you have the smallest measure of faith in Christ, you can do that. So, what I see here is there are things that may internally be in my way. I can't get through them. But if I'm in Jesus, I can pass through them. Now, I love the, I, I preach the walls of Jericho. And I, I've talked about how that they've gone around, and, and I won't take time to, to draw you over there. You can go and, and look there in, in Joshua yourself, but you find out they go around those walls, around and around and around. They shouted on the seventh round, on the seventh day, they shouted with the, with the victorious shout, and the walls came crumbling down. But now in the New Testament, we're in Christ. We don't shout the walls down. We just pass through them. I don't want to leave a mess for you to clean up. I don't want you to leave a mess for me to clean up. I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm getting a little bit outside there, but let me tell you, there are things that you're trying to get into. There's hope and joy and rest and peace. You need to get rid of the shame and the pain, the hurt. And folks, let me tell you, if you are in Christ, those walls cannot keep you out anymore. This is the beautiful good news. God wants you to have it. That's why he died for you. 
There's no other logical reason other than his love for you that he came and he died and he rose again to bring you into fellowship with himself. So, see, if I'm in Christ, see, we believe as children of God, we are positionally in Christ. Positionally. Where is Christ right now? He's in our heart, but he is... He's where seated at the right. He's at rest. He's at rest. He declared on the cross to Telestai, it is finished. It's finished. Everything that need be done, it was a term that they would understand. It's a term that when you sent a messenger out, you sent a, a, a servant out to, to deliver a message or, or to do something on your behest, your your. Your, your behalf, you would send them out, and when they would come back, uh, they would ask you, did you complete the task? Uh, you would say, it is finished. I did what you told me to do. They would also understand that it is finished means uh, that to Telestai, when you would go uh, and pay your bill, pay your juice bill, they would give you a receipt that says paid in full. To Telestai. In other words, your debt is paid in full. It also meant uh, that there was a, it, it was a Greek term uh, that meant there is a start of a new day. To Telestai. When Jesus declared it is finished, he was declaring to the Father and all humanity what was needed to be accomplished has been accomplished. And the bill that was, uh, that was outstanding, uh, that was never be paid, uh, has been paid. And now uh, there's a dawn of a brand new day uh, because old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It is finished. That word to Telestai was also the equivalent word of the Hebrew that when the high priest came out once a year on the Day of Atonement and he offered the sacrifice needed for the sins of the people, he would make that declaration, it is finished. Jesus Christ, not only the sacrifice for our sin, but also the high priest and the mediator of this new covenant. God, are you, folks, are you hearing me? He declared, everything need be done has been done, paid in full, dawn of a brand new day. It is to tell us, Ty, it is finished. Mm. So, as we look at that, what we begin to realize, folks, we start at finished. You're not racing to become righteous. You are righteous in Him. See, if I am positioned in Christ, I'm facing a circumstance and my heart seems to be misaligned with the will and the purpose of God. There's barriers that are preventing me from stepping into that place. It's not that we change God and bring him back down in order that he may make a sacrifice all over again. No, there's a repositioning of my heart in the understanding. And now I begin to walk in victory. Amen? Amen. So as we look here, there's something else I want to talk about today, and that is wounds. Wounds. Come here, Thomas. Put your finger. Come here, Thomas. Touch my side. 
Now, wounds consume. Wounds consume our time. Wounds consume our, our energies. You get, a, you get a pain in your body, you've got a plan for it. You've got to make sure that no one gets close enough to touch it. Why did the Lord Jesus allow Thomas to come and touch? Because it didn't hurt him anymore. Now the girls remember this story. I think Hannah's out with the baby. I've shared this before, but it was so, so real in the moment. My, my girls went, I don't know if they watched a movie or there was something, something on TV. They went, do you remember this? Teenagers? They got scared. Of course, like any good father, it was my job to exploit this fear and to terrorize them. You, can, you got the scene now. So they get up, they're screaming to high heaven. They, they, they come in and they were spooked. Here comes dad. You remember this? We, in the house that we lived, two teenage girls screaming. They're as tall as they are now. They ran. A, there, was a, there was a restroom at the end of the hallway. One, one door came into the bedroom, and the other went out into the hall. So they run in that door, and I'm, I'm fast on the trail because I'm, I'm, I'm there to torment them. <laughs> so they run in the, the door, and they're screaming, uh, and I come in the, the bedroom door, and I made the awful mistake of having my shoes off. I underestimated how strong my daughters were. So I'm walking into the bathroom, and they rushed the door. Ryan, I couldn't hold them back. They rushed the door, and they both got on the door at the same time. And as they did, oh, no socks. They caught that big toe. Y'all remember this? And the fear really gripped me. Because <laughs> that toenail went. <laughs> Blood started going everywhere. I always wondered what I would do in that moment. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit had to check on my heart. Because all I could say was, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Woo, Jesus, Jesus. Oh. Do you remember that? <laughs> so now, I can't just slip my shoe on. Now, I gotta make sure Jacob come, doesn't come stomping on my foot. See, I gotta guard that thing. I gotta protect it. I gotta keep it bound up. I, I gotta, you know, if, if my limp doesn't give it away, People see me and they know this, this man's in pain. So I got this, I got this foot and I got to protect this wound. But see, that, that wound healed and it, it no longer bothers me. I no longer protect it. I don't plan for it anymore. I, I, I don't have to be four, five, six, seven steps ahead of everybody else to make sure that they don't get close enough 
they don't get close enough again to touch it because it's healed. Thomas, come here. I want you to touch this. I want you to see it. In fact, I'm going to expose what I'm going to expose to you. I'm going to lift my, my garment. I'm going to open it up. I'm going to let you see, Thomas. Put your hand. Come here. I, I'm going to let you see what pierced my heart. This not hurting anymore because I am healed. Oh, you saw it as the nails went through my head and the blood began to pour forth. You saw when they drove through my, through my feet, not even to mention when I was on the whipping post and the lacerations upon my back, and they brought me there. And then in the moment, I took the spear. They drove it into my heart. But you know what, Thomas? It don't hurt anymore. Healed. Thomas said, I, I just can't believe. I saw the pain that he went through. I saw the death that he endured. I saw it all. And until I see the scars, I can't believe. See, there are folks right now that they can't believe the message because you keep your scars so, so guarded. But what's even the greater tragedy, the greater tragedy is that you're faking your fullness because you haven't repositioned yourself in Christ. Because if you got a scar... If you've got a healed wound, you don't protect that anymore. You don't think much about it. Amen. I don't plan for the scars. I don't plan for the wounds anymore because they're not wounds anymore. I've been healed. I've been healed. I was horrifically abused as a child. But let me tell you, it's not a wound anymore. It's, it's healed. I, my father checked out a life. At, uh, when I was 14, he put a gun to his head and he ended his life. And I'll tell you, that wound went deep because I fell headlong into self-destructive behavior. But let me tell you, I'm not self-destructing anymore. Why? Because I've been sozoed. I've been delivered and brought into safety. And I'm not trying to start any acceptance. I am accepted. I'm in Christ. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm not living in that state anymore. See, if you're still planning your days around your past, around your injuries, I got good news for you. All you need to do is reposition yourself, child of God, because in Him, you can pass through the walls. In Him, you are healed. In him, you are complete. Nothing lacks. Everything has been done. You're not starting at start. You're starting at finished. It is complete. Oh, my Lord, this is good news. Well, wait, 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 preacher. I've got, I've got some issues here, and I don't understand what's going on on the inside of me. Well, that's all right. The Holy Spirit will explain it to you. But here's the thing. 
Christ did everything necessary for your victory, your healing, your joy, your deliverance, your peace, your relationships, your calling, your ministry, your purpose, everything has been accomplished. I just need to walk in the reality of what he's done. That's revelation, where he brings us out of the darkened understanding into the light of what he has accomplished. And if I find myself guarding and protecting, then I am trying to do it myself. What do I need to do? I need to go get more Band-Aids. We found out in the house, I'm not the doctor. My son came home with an injury, and Andrea sent me to the medicine cabinet to get some antiseptic, what it was? I see, I don't even know what it is. Antibiotic ointment. To put on his wound, whatever the wound was, I don't even remember now. Football injury, basketball, something. I got arthritis cream. His coaches laughed and laughed and laughed when they told him. I said, if you want to be doctored, go to your mother. <laughs> Put arthritis cream and, and that'll help you. The boy shot an arrow through his hand when he was about eight or nine years old. I watched enough westerns to know you just take it, break the end off, and shove it through. <laughs> we didn't do that. <laughs> Because the Indians' arrows were not made out of fiberglass. <laughs> and we were pure out of, we were completely out of whiskey. <laughs> you know, you pour something on there and break the head and shove it through. <laughs> I know what you're thinking right now. You're thinking, I'm sure glad he's got God on inside because he don't have much... He don't have much going on up there. <laughs> yes, he is. I want you to look at another passage of Scripture with me as we drive this thing home. Colossians 2 and 9. Colossians 2 and 9. I'm going to start in the New King James Version. It says, For in him dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Everything the Father is, the Son is. Everything the Spirit is, the Son is. Everything the, 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 the Son is, the Father is. Everything, the, everything the, uh, the Son is, the Spirit is. Everything bodily is there that we can visually see. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit in, in Christ Jesus in bodily form. And you are complete but see you're not complete unless you are in him 
who is the head of all principality and power. Now let's read. I'm going to read a little, a little quicker here in verse 11. In him, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off of the body of sin to the flesh and circumcision of Christ buried with him in the baptism in which you also were raised with him. Notice this. You have been raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and you being dead in your trespasses of sin and uncircumcised of your flesh he has made alive together with him having forgiven all the trespasses now I'm going to move to a different translation and I want to read to you uh, verse 14 out of the passion translation some of you will get a kick out of this uh, he canceled every legal violation we had on our record anybody ever had a record you don't have to raise your hand and the old arrest anybody had an old arrest warrant that stood to indict us he erased it all our sins our stained soul he deleted he controlled alt delete went to the master the, the the task organizer and he just said delete 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 all those old programs are gone now I'm updating the software with something brand new. It's called a nature. Now that, that stained soul in the commentary reads this, has been erased of its filth. The word erased explicitly holds the concept of removal of stains. This would mean that the nature of Adam has been erased and the nature of Christ has been embedded in us. We are totally set free from the trace of sin by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. A new DNA has been embedded into us through the cross and the resurrection of Christ. Your record has been erased. With the blood of Jesus Christ, it's like walking up to the chalkboard and just wiping it all away. It's gone. And now the Lord, see, if we haven't had a nature change, I question whether or not we've had a, an experience with God. Because this is, not a, this is not a relationship you enter into as an old creation. You enter in as a brand new creation. Your, your actual spiritual DNA has been transformed through the blood of Jesus Christ. If, if going to church and, and searching after God is still a, a, a drudgery, one of two things are happening right now. You either have not come to the full revelation of who you are in Christ or you've never been actually born again. Because once you're born again, you enter into a relationship. You become hungry for the things of God. You, you want to live in him, with him, and through him. And religion will bring you into the house, and they will give you all kinds of rules, and they will tell you what you can and you cannot do. 
When you come into relationship with God, you enter in, there is a new nature that takes over. And now all of a sudden, those rules and regulations are not something that are drudgery. It's something that you're, you don't even think about because you're more interested in your passionate pursuit of God. You want to know who he is, what he's done, and you are thankful for all that has been accomplished. It is a nature change. Jesus Christ was the sinless sacrifice, which means he did not sin, not a single time, or the deal would have been off. Nor did he have a nature of sin, because you cannot have a nature of sin until you sin. And he did not sin, but he became, became sin. He became what he was not so that he could impart a nature in us and allow us to become what we were not. Now the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in him. Now righteousness is not what I wear, how I look. Righteousness is being divinely accepted, divinely approved. It is, I am as I ought to be in him. Now this morning, there is a decision you can make today. To start a journey with the Lord. And in this journey with God, it doesn't mean that you may not have struggles along the way. It doesn't mean that there's there's not the, the enemy in hell trying to draw you back in, but when you fall down, there's a God that lives on the inside of you that will keep getting back up. He'll keep getting back up. And he'll keep getting back up. And he'll dust your knees off, and he'll pat you, and he'll say, it's okay. We're going to get this done. You're going to do it through my strength and my help. You're not here to do this on your own. And you may falter again until you, until you learn to, you see my little grandbaby. This girl is, is six and a half, almost seven months old, and she's already ready to get involved with her sisters. She is already starting to crawl. She's setting up, and she's even pulling herself up. She, but there is a process that she learns, to, she learns to crawl. She learns to stand. She learns to walk. She learns to run. She learns to do these things. In a child of God, you've, you're, you're in the learning process. You're in the learning process. You've got to crawl before you can walk, and you've got to walk before you can run. And you can't run until you come into that place of maturity and your understanding. And so what I'm saying to you is too many and too often the babies have been aborted right in the middle of their process because they get so stuck on religion, and they decide that, look, my will is just not strong enough. What you need is more than just your will. You need the power of God working in you. Worship team is making, they're making their way up right now. Come on, worship team. Come on, worship team. Right now, begin to make your way up. I want you to stand all across this room. You're not here by accident. You didn't show up by mistake. God purposely and divinely wanted you here this day. And I hope that you have received and you have heard what the Spirit is saying to you. That there are eternal seeds that have been planted in your heart to receive. That God has given us. He told Thomas, uh, he said, Thomas... Don't be faithless, but believing. 
Don't be faithless. Don't be without faith, but believe. See, God has given every man, every woman, every person born into the world a measure of faith. He's given you what you need in order to come into relationship with him. It's called faith. If I could scare you into the kingdom of God, I would be at your house every night. There have been those that tried to rule people into the kingdom. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's got to be a change of nature. You clean up a pig, you put a bow tie on them. Next time they get out of, off that leash, they're going to be right back in that mud hole. You got to change their nature. See, if you're tired of running into that mud hole, if you're tired of looking at life and you're seeing the walls that are there, Jesus wants to be inside of you so that you can pass through those barriers. The things that hope and joy and peace, he wants you to move through in him because he's not hindered by that. Healing for me took place when I accepted him and I began to learn to walk in that healing. That rejection I started rejecting and acceptance I started accepting. The shame I pushed aside and said, Lord, there's no shame in you. There's no condemnation in you. If I'm feeling condemned that I need to reposition myself, begin to walk in him. I don't mind, as the Lord says, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. I found out in the confession that there's healing. And as I begin to unfold and begin to share my story, all of a sudden I realize that in him I'm healed. And now he uses that story for his glory because it's not mine, it's his. Today we're going to take communion in just a moment. But before we do, someone in this house, you're just, you're exhausted. You're tired. You're tired of running from God. You're tired of hiding and planning for your wounds. And you just want God to step in and take over. Come on. These altars are open right now. I want to pray with you. We're going to partake of communion. We're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As the worship team begins to play, and you say, I want to surrender. I want to make an exchange today. I want to give the Lord my life for his. I want to surrender my sin for his goodness. I want to give up. You know what the beautiful thing is? You're no longer alone when you accept Christ. Are you tired of the loneliness and the fear? The feeling like it's all resting on your shoulders right now. God is opening these doors. What you're feeling in your heart is him reaching out to you. Come on, worship team, begin to play. Father, give them strength. Lord, as we make this exchange today, our life for yours, your life for ours. In Jesus' name. Come on, these altars are open.